Hey, 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 and guess what? We have our show coming up for you, our Friday night special, and on Terry Messenger's Genius Zone, we've got another great special coming up. So have you ever been in a position at the crossroads where you have to make a big decision in your life? You know you don't feel as happy as you could. You know that you burn inside to live your greatest life of freedom and success, but you also fear that insecurity of making the change. Well, guess what, guys? If this is you, whether it is about changing from the nine to five grind in your job, or maybe a relationship, or taking a step to absolutely have the faith to move into the direction of your dreams, if that is what you require, you're about to experience something very, very powerful. Linda Ellie was stuck in the corporate grind and she knew being a person who believed in God for most of her life, but knew what it was like to ask questions that sometimes abhorred other people. In fact, she was punished for even asking the question, Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? Well, I'm sure that there's a lot of us that have been through that. And this woman was extremely curious and her spirituality with together with her corporate logic and practical application of being a very highly intelligent person really made for the formula that got her thinking about what does it take to truly move out of that stuck place that one person is in and move into the life of freedom. Now, because of her inner search, her inner curiosity, and all of the pathways that she took, she actually did make that step. And it wasn't an easy one. And she knows what it's like to feel the insecurity of, oh my gosh, am I too old to take this step? What's gonna happen to my finances? How am I going to eat? These kinds of questions. And sometimes it really comes down to acting in a leap of faith. But you know what? This woman, this international speaker, who is now a best-selling author and an empowerment coach, is going to walk you through how she made the decision to leave the corporate world and to step into the life of her dreams. Now, I am sure that you know what I mean when I say, are you stuck somewhere where it is going to entail a decision? And if that is you, or if you know someone else that is at the crossroads and needs to make that decision and cut off the other part so that you can live your best life, you need to subscribe, but you also need to pass this on and bless someone else that is about to learn the spiritual laws of success, how to bring the spiritual laws of success into your decision-making, how to apply the dream-building skill that she learned from a mentor that will completely change the trajectory of your life, and how to completely follow your bliss. So make sure you're subscribed because that is our Friday night special coming up. And like I say, get your favorite bevy, sit back, relax, kick back, and expect great things as you embark on some free, powerful magic and value so that you can lead the best life possible. Hey, Linda, I am so glad to be here with you tonight. It is my pleasure, Terry. Thank you. 
And I know it's not night time for you. It might be night time for me. What whereabouts are you in this world? I am in South Florida in the United States. Beautiful. And you know what? I can't wait to talk on this topic that we have just been discussing because I know how many people out there are silently suffering and wondering when they're going to be able to go to the next level and release the fear that holds people captive in in this fear base of I guess what you pointed out to me is that, you know, people are scared to make a change in their life because they're afraid that they're going to lose their security. Why why do you think people would actually literally sabotage their own happiness and stay where they are for the sake of of, you know, okay, I'm secure here. Is that really the right thing for a person who is really literally um, not happy? You know, we have spent, from an evolutionary perspective, we've spent so much of our time on the planet having to worry about survival, of being eaten by a saber-toothed tiger, for instance. So there's so much of our physiology that still looks for that danger everywhere. When you couple that with the fact that our programming from school, from parents, from religion has been be careful, you know, be, be safe. It's no wonder that so many people are afraid to make changes that they really want at the expense of but at least I know what I have here. And that that's the fear that keeps them stuck because they yeah. know what they have. They know how to deal with this. But if they were to step into something new, they don't necessarily know that they would have all the answers. Yeah. So do you find that this is typically in people who are perhaps in, in jobs in their perhaps middle age and maybe a little later where, you know, you know, what what's the typical scenario here? It can happen at any point in time. However, I think as we reach, we all have heard the term middle age crisis. And honestly, for me, what I think that middle-aged crisis is more the part of us that wants to expand, that wants to try something new, that wants to move forward in life, is bumping up against the ceiling of what our box has kept us stuck. Hence the reason so many people do a complete drastic change, only to come back and go, wait a minute, maybe that wasn't quite the right thing. But I think it becomes more pronounced as we get older because the stress of not living our most joyous and life-giving perspective starts to eat away at our health, at our sometimes at our finances, often definitely at the expense of our happiness. Mm. Oh, I, I couldn't do it. I just I am not disciplined enough to stay in the rut. I think I would just be um, finding ways of how to eat food. And this is exactly what you did. And, you know, I feel that this is very relevant because, you know, you're looking at, I know this sounds really harsh, but Dr. John D. Martini often says the law of lesser pisses, right? <laughs> like which one are you going to be worse off? Are you going to be worse off if you stay stuck in where you are or if you do make the change and perhaps, you know, I mean, what's what's the sacrifice? Like what's really going to, you know, what's really going to happen to you? And I love what you said about whenever you have faith and you apply that faith to your life, things work out. So can you talk us through this? Like, 
how you got to a point in one you know part of your life where you actually did have to try and figure out you know how am I going to eat but you went ahead and did it anyway exactly so I had been working in a corporate job and I, I loved the challenge of the job that I was in but something wasn't right I was in a very toxic environment and I was going nowhere fast and for the life of me I couldn't exactly figure out why and at that point in my life before I had studied most of the spiritual principles that I've studied in fact that was the catalyst for that I was sitting there and it came to the point where I knew that if I didn't leave that job that security that that was my paycheck to paycheck I can eat next week a job that if I didn't leave it I was going to have a major health crisis and on that weekend that I came home I came to that decision and I went the only thing to me that was worse than not being able to pay my bills was the fact that I wouldn't be able to pay my bills and I've had additional medical bills too so I made that mm. decision that day to quit my corporate job and I had no idea what I was going to do and Monday morning wow. I walked in at eight o'clock and I walked out at 805 within my 30 goodness. days what, you just you just what like you just made your mind up I what made my mind was up. The, what was the turning point because see this is what viewers listeners you know people that are going to listen to this podcast are going to want to know like you know, unfortunately, us humans, we're, we're a very strange race. We yes. we tend to wait until we hit the wall or where our back's up against the wall before exactly. we actually go, oh, okay, I'm going to move this way or I'm going to move that way. Exactly. So, you know, what, what happened to you um, that gave you that spontaneous kind of thought I'm doing this like was it a crisis moment for you or did it not quite get that bad it got almost to that point it was getting to that crisis point I realized I was so unhappy in the position even though I loved the work but that was not a good fit for me that I my health was suffering I'd put on 40 pounds you know and I was desperately unhappy and that, that Friday, before I went home, the vice president had announced that they were cutting salaries across the board. And I was barely struggling to get by as it was. And I'm like, how much? And as I said, okay, if I quit and I, don't, I can't find enough money to eat next week, then at least I know I can survive for a little while without food. But if I end up not quitting and I end up in the hospital, now I'm going to have no money a lot more hospital bills. And that was the, the minute. It's like that was the worst choice for me. So I made that decision. Yeah. To quit. I'm, I'm wondering there, I'm just hearing you say this and something that I do, I always listen to what people don't say as well. But, you know, when you were told they were cutting salaries, mm -hmm. do you think your subconscious went into some kind of a survival mode where you bit the bullet and made that decision because you saved yourself from that, spared yourself from being put into that position, perhaps? It's possible. At the time, it, it wasn't so much the surviving on less salary as it was I knew how my health was suffering. And that if mm. I didn't, I could see myself actually being hospitalized if, if I didn't mm. get out of the stress of that environment. And that do was you the think that thing. you, yeah, do you think also there's an element that, you know, because you've been spirit, you know, you're a spiritual person and, you know, you obviously have a lot of intuition. Do you feel that maybe you followed like your own bliss this is where your program you know you're all about following your bliss yes. and you know do you feel like this was kind of like a strong intuition that was in you a absolutely and it was partly because when i did make that decision 
I then followed my intuition to a previous mentor I had had, and he gave me an idea that turned my life around so fast, 30 days, that I spent the next three decades studying the spiritual principles of how fast that could happen. Wow. And I guess this is what we're going to be talking about, right? Uh, yes. The dream builder? The, I did not uh, find dream builder at that point, but it was the underlying spiritual laws that govern life and Ooh. what's going on. Oh, I can't wait. So we're going to definitely get into this. So, guys, hold on to your seats because this is going to get gooder. <laughs> so, you know, like your spirituality, like I find that most people who are quite spiritual and they end up finding the spiritual laws and spiritual laws are, are just so important. Like even if it doesn't matter whether people are looking for prosperity and money or relationship or, as you know, you're dealing with so many elements of a person's life, but the spiritual laws play such a, you know, pivotal and mandatory element in this. But you're, you, you go back to, you know, really being great groomed as a as a young child you were like groomed for a lot of hardship in a way because you know you were saying to me that at seven or eight years old you were not only questioning God but why God your question was why would God send good people to hell is that is that a, a question that you had as a child it was a question that I had as a child. My parents were exceptionally religious in a very fundamental type way. And we were taught a lot about judgmental gods and, you know, everybody was going to hell unless, you know, you were saved. And it just didn't make sense to me because on the other hand, we're singing you know, about God is love. And I'm like, well, wait a second, love, hell is. I don't I don't get the concept. And I was shot down by the religious leaders when I would ask those types of questions. That's not what you should be asking. But that never went away for me. It because it just it doesn't didn't ring true to who I was. Mm. I mean, you know, the the fact is like, does God actually send good people to your allow bad things? I think the word is God may allow, but it's not God who, God, that is not something to me when I look at it, if I was looking at it from a spirituality side of things, I would even say to myself, you know, God has allowed this to happen to me so I can learn something. And I quite often will say to my own clients, you know, when you go through so many struggles and you feel like you've been put through the, the fiery flames, you know, consider this. If you were going into the army, the police force or anything like that, you'd have to go in and train for combat. So if, if you're going to be a person, say you, for example, Linda, who is going to be a, a light to the world as you are in, in what you're doing, it's almost like putting you through those elements gives you the opportunity to speak your powerful message to the world. This is true. And it, there's so many things in life. If you think about glass blowing for just for something esoteric, the glass has to be heated and put into the fire in order to come out with and be shaped into the beautiful design that it is. When I look back on my life prior to this corporate job, I was actually my parents disowned me when I was 17 years old. And I was literally living on the streets for at 17. I was terrified to go back to living on the streets because I had clawed my way off of the streets by the time I hit this corporate job. But in the grand scheme of things, that was one of the best things that could have happened in my life. 
because it got me to a different position. It got me out of the religious almost cult that I was involved in. And it created a sense of strength in me that I knew I could overcome hardships and challenges in my life. Mm, my goodness. Yeah, that's just, that's so, so powerful. And, you know, this first mentor that you had who changed the trajectory of your life, who was really, you know, um, instrumental in you discovering um, the laws. Do you mind if I just go through the ones that you specifically, you know, utilise and, and that you love? That's fine. Yeah. So, you know, really it's... Uh, the law of polarity. Now, the spiritual law of polarity, how to bring it about and how everything has an equal and opposite effect. I know Dr. John D. Martini talks on this a lot and he says nothing is missing in life. You know, yin, yang, where there is good, there is bad, etc. So, you know, how would you kind of describe the law of polarity and how can that change a person's kind of mindset? Because, you know, I guess the law of polarity does really mean the opposite effects of, of what happens, cause and effect, isn't it? It does. And at the time, again, when I left corporate, what this mentor pointed out to me was an opportunity that had been around me the entire time, except I didn't see it. And it was an opportunity to create a life that I loved living, which I did when I was 26 years old. I created that life that I love. The law of polarity says basically, if there's something that you desire, the way to make that happen has to be there. Otherwise, you wouldn't desire it. People, people don't go through life desiring to be a brain surgeon unless they have the ability inside of them to understand the workings of the human mind and the work, the finger dexterity that's required to be a brain surgeon. You don't tend to want and desire those things that aren't available to you. So absolutely. But the problem is, is that and even Napoleon Hill alludes to this, you know, the seed of every opportunity is there, but it often comes disguised as misfortune. You know, what some one person says, oh, but I, well, I could take that other job, but they all they can see at the time is why they don't want to take that job and they can't see mm. the potential benefits of that job. In this case, for me, it wasn't a job. It was going out as a solopreneur. And it's like, but but I wouldn't have the security of a paycheck, you know, again, back to that fear and that security aspect of things. But yet it allowed me the freedom to create a life that I loved. Mm, yeah, I love that. I love your reference to Napoleon Hill too, because that does stand out about the seed of, uh, you know, adversity having an equivalent effect on the exactly. other side, you know, always mm -hmm. has an equivalent yeah. or greater um, yes. impact. So that's so good. And I think for people struggling, I, I believe that's a bit of a game changer because, you know, so many people are struggling, let's face it. So just thinking about that law of polarity and how no matter what you are going through, there is a seed of equal opportunity on the other side and and I think the bridge is really coming to to learn what the reason is isn't it that we are going through our adversities so the next one is the thoughts that become cause and effect which is a little bit like that but it's more about the fact that really if we were the masters, thinking of Napoleon Hill, as you pointed out, of our own destiny, how are thoughts ruling our life and becoming the cause and effect? That is an excellent question. I'm so glad that you asked it. 
the average person looks around their life and says, well, I can't do that because there's some circumstance, there's some something in their life that they're putting the blame of why they can't do what they want to do because of this. But that's not actually how it works. See, it's our thoughts that cause our feelings. And, and you know that this is true. If you think, oh, I lost my wallet, what ends up happening? You, you, you hold your breath, you get a little afraid, your heart beats faster until you remember, oh, right, I left it in the other purse or I left it in the other pair of pants and you go, oh, right, okay, no problem. And you relax again. So our thoughts mm. absolutely affect our feelings. Our feelings, yeah, so our feelings lead to our actions. Because if we're afraid of something, we take different results than we do our different actions than if we are confident in our actions. Mm. Yeah. And it's yeah, our I, actions. I, I've got yeah, I've got a new habit where if I'm holding on to something and it's not working and I keep on and on and on and on at it, I realize that I get past a certain point and you know what? I have to drop it. I have to almost surrender to it and go, okay, if I if I just let it go and I'll come back to it and it's almost like something new happens because we're we're doing something at a different level. Exactly. Exactly. And that is often the case, but our actions, you know, based on our actions is what our results are based on. But the ending thing with all of that is it all boils back to our thoughts. If we think we can do something, as Henry Ford said, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Because it all <laughs> boils down to our thinking. Yes, we've been reading the same books. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how it. they're appropriate in so many areas. <laughs> oh, and I love this. I love this work you're doing. Um, now, this next one really, really strikes me. In fact, I called this... Uh, the magic of words being your want, but this is one of your spiritual laws that you teach on, and that is the fact that words are so powerful. So why do you believe that people's words are far more powerful? Because I don't think people realise this, you know. People tell terrible jokes. People talk about people and you know, really, the universe doesn't know who they're talking about. They just think they're talking about themselves, right? And the universe doesn't know the difference between a joke and fantasy and reality. So can you, what do you feel uh, it is that we have to do to make sure that this spiritual law that you teach on can be really kind of uh revered and and how can a person change their life through their words the first thing that everybody needs to do is to become aware of what they're actually saying remembering that a lot of what is put into the universe to come about comes from our subconscious mind and it's our subconscious that doesn't get the difference between the negative or between a joke so many people say, I don't want to be in debt, as an example, versus I want an abundance of cash. You think it's the same thing, but it absolutely isn't. Because when the subconscious doesn't hear the negative, it hears, I want debt. Okay, we'll give you more debt. But the same thing mm -hmm. happens with what we say, because oftentimes, as humans, we tend to argue for our limitations. Well, I can't do that we're arguing for it. We're arguing. Yeah. We have our reasons why we can't do that. It mm. hasn't worked in the past. All right. But that doesn't mean it can't work in the future. When you live in the realm of possibility, anything is possible. We've had yeah. many, many teachers over our lives that have shown us that anything is possible. And we mm. tend to go for them. But again, back to our words, if we say something following I am, it doesn't matter. I am, are the, those are the two most powerful words in the universe. If we can say I am brilliant, 
Sometimes our mind might argue with that, but we could say, I am so stupid when we make a mistake. So what is our subconscious here? I am stupid. All right, let's come up with more ways to make you stupid. So mm. it's becoming, but the biggest thing is, is most of us are not even aware of what we say about ourselves. And it's the awareness no, is I... the first key, just like it is often in, in some of the 12 step programs is the awareness that, Hey, I have a problem. You know, that's awareness is one of the biggest keys and it's the start of where you need to go in order to make changes. Cause if you don't know there's that there are, what you're saying, you don't know what to change to have different results. Mm. Imagine if they taught this in schools, you know, like they said to kids, you know, like as a as as English, and they they teach you how to speak in with nouns and uh, future tense and present tense and past tense, and you know they also taught to when you want something to state it in the now and state it as you exactly how you want it without using those i guess negating words like i don't want to be tired i don't want to be addicted to that anymore i don't want to feel sick you know you know to to turn it around imagine if our schools actually did teach that wouldn't that be we'd have a different world surely we would have a completely different world because even they we even go to the extent oftentimes of when a child comes in and says, I want to be a rock star. Oh, you can't be that. You have to be a nurse or a secretary or whatever. We negate what they want oftentimes on top of not teaching them that everything is possible. Yeah. Yeah. We can be limitless. We like, can. you know. Um, if you could do anything and you were unstoppable and you were able to create something unfathomable, what would you create if you couldn't fail? I, I, I heard this question from one of my mentors and I love that question. That's why I asked you that question too at the, at the beginning of the, the podcast. So here's the next one, the next spiritual law, the law of gestation. So tell us why this is, you know, something that you do touch on and that you teach and how this is, you know, quite relevant. Perfect. I will, I, I'd love to do that. So the law of gestation has a couple of different components to it. First off, there's the fact that it has a masculine side and a feminine side. And we've often heard of the law of attraction. Just sit back and dream about what you want and it will happen. Usually it doesn't happen because that's the feminine receptivity until you add in the masculine, which is the action. There's action involved in order for both sides. There has to be a masculine and a feminine to create. The other thing with the law of gestation is I want an oak tree here. You can plant an acorn or you can even plant a young oak tree, but it's not going to grow to be the size of a hundred year old oak tree overnight. It has a time frame that that comes in. Same thing happens if you desire to build your dream home. It doesn't, you don't go, okay, here's the plan. And it happens overnight. It takes a period of time. There's a set process for that to happen. That doesn't mean things can't happen faster than you realize. For instance, back to when I left corporate America, 30 days and my life completely changed. I had no idea it could happen that quickly. So it can happen that quickly but it depends on what the situation is with, you know, whether there's already a set process, i.e. how long it takes to grow a hundred year old oak tree to that size, or how long it takes to build a house. And even still building houses, we have some organizations here that where they will occasionally raffle off a house and it can be built much faster than the average house, but it still doesn't happen overnight because concrete mm. takes a certain amount of time to cure. You know, things, it, there's still a process that has to be gone through. 
but you can make that process shorter by believing that it can happen as opposed to fighting against the fact that it hasn't happened yeah and i guess this is the this is why it's so important to get a mentor and a coach because you know um whilst you can understand this law of gestation that coach that mentor someone like linda can create this life for you so much faster because rather than you having to figure everything out yourself and make all those mistakes not to say that we'll ever be perfect because we won't but at least by standing on the shoulders of someone who's walked that path you know that's really this is what you're you know people are are wanting to get in touch with that's why I know people that are stuck in the the rat race of, you know, corporate um, and they and and even the ones that don't admit it. I know that they're just one powerball, you know, and they're out of here, you know. Um, They win that lottery ticket, boom, see you later, hasta la vista, baby, you know. Um, So really... It's, I think a lot of people will benefit from listening to this, even if it isn't necessarily about your work life and and making that decision. But I know that you spoke about coming to the crossroads of your own life and having to kind of go, right, which way am I, which way am I going to go, you know? And I guess this is takes us into the next powerful uh, methodology that you utilize, which is the Dream Builder. Yes, the Dream Builder program that I've, that I is a technology that I came across a, a couple of years ago. And it's a systematized program that is put out by a, another company, but it has had four decades of testing over tens of thousands of people. So it has been tweaked and honed and it is the fastest way that I have found with all of the study that I've done to get these principles embodied and an understanding of them so that you can put them to work in your life. Mm. And, And I love the fact that you know, the dream builder you've said in your own words, this is the fastest and I and I really love that that you've seen this as something that's so fast and and helps people to rapidly get to where they're going because number one uh as as you have kind of pointed out to me it's not just a fast method because it's designed to help individuals tap into their inner potential that align with their actions which you've just very um, eloquently spoken about with the all the spiritual laws that you utilize but it also delves into their deepest desires and goals that are really um you know have a focused approach so why do you feel that you know a focused approach and being able to identify one's true purpose and passion is so relevant for a person to live a happy life? Well, a focused approach, we we all know the saying, you get more of what you focus on. So focusing on what you want versus the things that you have in your life, some of which you may want, some of it maybe not so much, but focusing on those things that you want gets you the fastest path to having them come to fruition in your life itself. Mm, and that's, that's great. Yeah. And, and it's just, we spend so much time at the behest of other people, you know, dealing with their problems to avoid maybe dealing with our own to the point that we often, as we, As we get further and further into our adult lives, we get further and further away oftentimes from the dreams that we had. You know, Mm. many people had dreams as a child that never came to fruition. I had a dream as a child as well. I wanted to be a horse trainer. And 
that was not acceptable to my parents. So it morphed into becoming a veterinarian. Well, that was, while it was an okay path and I was, it wasn't the path that I wanted. And it wasn't until I became a horse trainer, but that didn't happen until my thirties. So mm. consequently, so consequently, but yet when it did happen, it happened and it built me a life that the before life and the afterlife were are quite different between that aspect of things. And at wow. the same time, while I spent that 20 years of building that life, I was in ecstasy most of the time because I was doing mm. what I loved. How does it get any better than that? Oh, I love that. I think that's gold right there. You know, I just want to really harness in that point because you see it's when you're doing what you love, like what Linda has just said, that makes the process and the waiting and the gestation and all those things so much easy because you're doing what you love. Now, of course, you, you have these effective strategies mm -hmm. um, that incorporate very powerful strategies and techniques that can really help individuals overcome limiting beliefs and barriers quickly so i know in nlp that we have some very clear methodologies that will help people to release it so what are the some of the practical tools and guidance that you offer to help people to really take significant strides um to achieve their dreams and just kind of like let go of those barriers really quickly oftentimes there there are different strategies and they get utilized depending on what the specific situation is sometimes it's a situation where somebody's not quite grasping the concept and so because i have such a varied background between um, the veterinary world originally, the horse training world, which brought in a lot of intuition, which I already had and it redeveloped mm. it as I got older. The business world, because I did a lot of work in accounting for many years. So I, I've got a lot of different perspectives and I excel at finding an analogy that gets the point across to the person so that they can then start utilizing it. In addition, if they've got fears. There are breathing techniques. There are other techniques that I've gleaned through my decades of study, as well as my coach certifications that I can use to help that person on an individualized basis. It may not be exactly the right thing for everyone. For instance, I tend to live a lot from a more holistic approach to medicine. Two of the modalities mm. that I end up utilizing are herbology and homeopathy. Some people do better with herb herbs. Other people do better with homeopathics. So there's not necessarily a one-size-fits-all approach. And that's what I love about the beauty of having blended all of these technologies. I can find the one that resonates the best with the client. Yeah, I love that. That's so important. Guys, you know, this is this is it. When you've got someone who can listen to you and can really, you know, in a very personalised way, help you to eliminate these beliefs. This is like the fastest way to transform. And I know you're really, really uh, big on the transformation of one's mindset and really the fact that having an empowered and positive mindset is is so vitally important and you know it almost seems like you know i know with nlp we when i that was where i began nlp was my very roots beginning so we had a whole set of presuppositions. And so, for example, it's never too late to have a happy childhood is one. The map is not the territory is another one. 
people are always coming from the highest intention is another one your the feedback you're getting is the meaning of communication that you've given that that's just i'm just rattling these off right but mm-hmm. i guess in theory a lot of these presuppositions were designed to help people to shift their paradigm. And I know that because this work you're doing is so rapid and you're constantly helping people to shift their perspective so you can lead them faster into more sustainable results, you know, and opportunities and possibilities. What would you say to the person who is perhaps stuck in that, you know, uh, a little bit in that rabbit warren mindset of going down the rabbit hole? What what would you say to them? What would be the best treatment for them to really shift and move forward? Like would you utilise one of your like spiritual laws, for example, to help them shift uh, the perspective and then sort of add in a few other things like, um, yeah, what, what's your flavour? Again, it, it ends up being more individualised as to where that particular person is. However, one of the reasons that I start with the Dream Builder program as my foundational program when I coach someone is because the technology But once you understand the technology, you can use that and apply it to every area of your life. Because let's face it, if you've ever gone back and read a book and gone, that wasn't in here the last time that I read it. We (laughs) are onions. We're onions. You know, we have layers. And you hear something when you're at one stage, you hear something at this level And as you peel back some of those layers, you start hearing things at a deeper level. So even though Mm. you may have heard the same thing, it doesn't necessarily resonate until you've gotten to the point where it resonates. Happened to me when I was taking writing lessons. I would have a coach that would say, do something. And I would think I was doing it. I would try to do it or I didn't quite understand. Then I'd go to a clinic and have somebody else say exactly the same thing, but in a slightly different way. And all of a sudden it was like, light bulb, you know, it would go off and it was like, oh, that's what you were trying to teach me. <laughs> so, and and that's yep. what I find works so well with my, with the methodology, methodology, I can't speak apparently this morning, the methodology that I use because of the fact that it gets customized and I've studied mm. so many different aspects that I can bring in an awful lot to, sh- to share with the, with my different clients. Mm. No, that's, that's amazing. And you can speak. Take it from me. Uh, I love these words are gold. So I'm just like (gasps) taking all of this in. So, you know, guys, this is all about it. You know, it's, it's about being able to take that massive aligned action. It's about having a person like Linda, you know, in your corner who can work with you through, you know, uh, because Linda's comes from, you know, the, the corporate world, very practical, very masculine world, and yet having these spiritual gifts to be able to take you through. It doesn't matter where you are in your life. This is, you know, there's a saying that you'll never be able to go to the next level at the same level as where what you're doing now so you do need to do something different and of course you're really big on the accountability and the support so what does that look like and and why do you think this is so important well again there are so many elements in our current environment that keep us in our current environment what do i mean by that we have we have friends that are well-meaning but when you say i'm going to go do this are you sure you should 
You know, they they don't mean to. They're not trying to necessarily knock us down. Some of them may be, but usually we tend to let those friends go. But we have well-meaning friends that love us. Sometimes it's our family. And, you know, they want to keep us safe because, again, we've been for millennia programmed to be safe because there might be a saber-toothed tiger hiding there waiting to pounce on us. They don't understand. Our dream was given to us not to them. So it, it, mm. it's a rare person, especially in parents, it's a rare parent that allows their child to follow their dream. When my daughter was growing up and she was in riding horses, I literally had parents say, how can you let her do that? She might get hurt. Yes, she might. However, mm. how, why am I, why should I be allowed to stop her from taking a dream that she loves to do? So, you know, having the support of somebody who says, yes, you can, who reminds you when you say, well, I've never been able to do that before. Up until now, you have not created the situation that you're looking for. That's a key phrase, by the way, up until now. I hear you. I hear you. That's yes, when you, up until now. When, up until now. Okay. Or, or this is what it's looking like while it's in process you know it, it's you have to have that person that's in your corner that has the experience and also is there for you supporting you saying yes you can because it, it especially true. when we're in an environment that's not optimal for growth we tend to stay stuck where we are yeah yeah and and i love how you refer uh, a lot to Napoleon Hill and you touched on the mastermind and and you know like Napoleon even had a dream mastermind didn't he, he where did. you know he would sit there and and imagine the greatest people and thinkers all around him and you know what would you know what would Rockefeller say in this situation what would abraham lincoln you know and i think that was that was quite ingenious actually but the i noticed you did touch on the mastermind and just having that group of like-minded people because you know i heard one of my mentors actually saying last night you know this question that i mentioned before if if you couldn't fail and you could achieve anything, what would you do, right? And he said, emphasis, quote, do not share your ideas with your friends or even your family. And really because of what you've just said, you know, because they're well-meaning, but they're going to go, oh, well, what about this and what about that? And, you know, it's all well-meaning, but, you know, the, the Auntie Betty's and the, all the people that love to put in, they're, 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 they're trying to help. But yes. apparently it's not a good thing to be putting your goal and vision out there and sharing it with people who are going to put seeds of doubt into your head. Exactly, because it's that doubt, fear and worry that stop most people, you know, because they start imagining things and it takes them away from their dream. And you can think about it, your dream is like a newborn. You wouldn't just hand your newborn, you might to your family because you know they're gonna care about it, but you would be cautious who you handed your newborn to. Well, your dream is mm. the same way, you know? And while you would love, love to them. have your, you would love to have your family support you, and some of sometimes they will, but you know the people that are most supportive of you. I've had mentors that have had family members when they first started out have said things like, for instance, somebody went to it uh, many years ago, back in the early nineties, he went to a Tony Robbins. He got some Tony Robbins cassette tapes back when they were on tape and he went through it and had a well-meaning uncle say to him a month later, are you a millionaire yet? You know, really seriously, but Again, mm. it's the sarc sarcastic, it's the generational paradigms, it's the societal paradigms. I know mm -hmm. it, I know you guys in Australia have that tall poppy syndrome, 
you know, oh, don't, we do. who are you to shine up? And the, it's like, no, 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 yeah. cut you down to size there, you know. Mm -hmm. The you underdog have, is a big thing over here, that's yes. for sure. And you just got to have your blinkers on. You've really just got to have your yes. blinkers on. And, you know, the haters are insane. Like, you know, um, even the people that say they're not haters or they, you know, uh, profess. But if you are doing well, it's like I was listening to somebody else. This is another uh, mentor of mine, actually, I was listening to, and she said when she hit her first million, all the haters literally came out left, right and centre, like the trolls, the haters, the naysayers, and apparently even her family were, like, questioning her, what are you doing, you know, putting it all over the internet, et cetera, et cetera. But she just hit $33 million this year, right, and she said nothing. It's almost like, you know, when you're first breaking through that first initial bottleneck, you get people will try to, it's almost like a test, isn't it? But then you just, and you keep on going. And then if you keep on going, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm talk, I, I can really resonate with what, you know, she said. So you've just got to keep on going with it. Now, this lady, Linda, not only is she a spiritual dream-building coach who has this incredible philosophy to follow your bliss, let's ask about this bliss business. You know, and we're coming back to the corp idea of the person stuck in their job or the person stuck in that life that they know they're not happy with. Mm -hmm. What is the best advice you would give that person to follow their bliss? The best because they advice, might not know what to do. That this is true, and I've seen it. Oftentimes, they have they're torn between two paths. You know, one path they may know very well. So they they know what it says, you know, they they have a feeling, a gut feeling about that path. And sometimes it may be the best gut feeling, but they've been presented with something else and they're not quite sure. But usually I find it the other way around. I usually find that they're on a path, they've they've done well. Now they have this other nagging, either nagging voice in their head that says, you should try this, or they have this other opportunity that comes up. And I found a very powerful exercise, and you could even do it with yourself and record, record it on video and just show, talk about each of your choices. What would it be? And project yourself maybe a year down the line. So if mm -hmm. your choice is, do I stay in my current job or do I move to this other place and take this new job? There always will be one part of you that will describe it and it will describe it maybe ho-hum. This is what it looks like, whatever, whatever job, whichever side it is. And yep. the other part of you will be like, this is so exciting, whatever. But usually that's the part that, that you're afraid to step into. But following mm -hmm. your bliss, when you step into that thing that gives you more life, that's the thing you're supposed to be doing. And that's the thing that leads you to following that dream life and starting to develop it. Yes, there may be challenges. Yes, there are probably going to be things that will require you to grow. So there go having a mentor or a coach that can go with you and help you when those challenges comes up is a wonderful thing. But you can do it alone if you have to do it alone. Mm. But that's but that's the thing that leads you to that that life that you just wake up in the morning and go i am so excited it's another day to live yeah that's that's very 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 inspiring and i just have to say i i could i could as much as it's so late here in perth i feel so um inspired by this conversation i i just love how much i get to learn by talking to incredible people like yourself. But there is one 
other element I want to touch on because this one is a really vital part and I know that um, if you're thinking about coming into Linda's program, you know, you've heard the philosophies, you've heard the spiritual laws of, you know, what it takes to, to succeed, you've heard what Linda has been through and if that's you, you know, this is this could be this this could be your call, your call to get in contact and take that action step. But this is the the final part that I, I really want to touch on because this might sound a little woo-woo, um, but we're sort of going back in time here, and that is about the principle of where all of these elements come from our ancestral lineage. Can you talk us through um, where the ancestral lineage is kind of like, you know, a part of what we are carrying in our DNA today? Yes, I can. I'd, yes, love, I to. Can. I'd love to. The, there is a part of us that we were raised by usually well-meaning parents who were raised by well-meaning parents who were raised by well-meaning parents going back and back and back. But unless anybody has questioned what was going on, usually things are repeated. And there's many examples throughout uh, history or even re recent history. The four minute mile is an example. Humans aren't built to run faster than four minutes, you know, a mile in less than four minutes of time. But yet the minute the, that four minute mark got broken, all of a sudden people could uh, run a mile in less than four minutes. And I think this is best illustrated by a story that I've heard. And many of you may have heard it before. There was a newlywed couple who uh, the wife decided to cook a ham for dinner. And as she's getting ready to cook the ham, the husband's watching her and he notices that she cuts the ends of the ham off. And he goes, why are you cutting off the ends of the ham? He goes, well, that was because that's how my mom cooked it. Well, why did she do it that way? I don't know. So they call up mom and say, mom, why do we cut off the ends of the ham? Well, I don't know. That was how grandma did it. Unfortunately, grandma was still alive. So they call up grandma and it's like, grandma, why do we cut off the ends of the ham before we cook it? Because it's the only way it would fit in the pan. But now that there's a bigger, now that there's a bigger pan, you don't have to cut the ends off. But because we've never necessarily questioned why we do something a certain way, we start live in those generational paradigms and generational historical things. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I mean, history, it's it doesn't have to repeat, but it's it interesting that we'll just do things because that's what we kind of, we learnt about. So is there anything you would feel on your heart that you would want to say to this person who's listening? Because we really want to make sure that this vibration of of this podcast goes out and reaches you and your ears and your heart and soul, especially when you know you need to hear this. What would be your last words here that you would you would speak? to this avatar that's that's stuck where they're at and they're they know there's something bigger and you know um what's the next step for them i would remind them that when they studied people who were nearing their transition out of this lifetime that their biggest regret was not what they did but what they didn't do and so if there's something that you have that's nagging at you that you want to try that but you're afraid to for whatever reason that you find the courage to take that step because as Geta said genius has when you do that genius has boldness and magic to it so take wow. that step and see the 
things that open up for you that you could never have expected would have shown up if you hadn't taken the step. Wow. That is just amazing. I think I'll just turn this podcast into a book. <laughs> I, I love it so much. Thank you so much, Linda. I just so appreciate the gold nuggets for you people out there where this falls into your hands. You know, you have to take one step and one step only. Contact this beautiful woman. Allow her to guide you and help you to follow your bliss. And with that, I say thank you. And that's our Friday night podcast over and out. Okay, so would you like to know how to take the next step? The next step is you may want to bring your legacy onto my show. And by the way, if you haven't subscribed to my show, make sure you do and tell it to your friends because we are always bringing some ingenious content every single week. But if you are ready to go really, really deep with your zone of genius, you can contact me so we can absolutely go through all of those teachings and trainings and high energy frequencies and put you right here on the red carpet where you can really expound your most powerful message so how can you do that you can reach me by my website or find the link in this chat you can also go to my bio on social media and you will find me and you can even find the podcast launching pad in my bio to click in to an appointment so you can come on this show and you will get all backstage grooming you will get backstage you will be in a vortex where we will actually harness you in creating your message and your magic and your zone of genius and taking you through this beautiful formula and launching your service your legacy on this show and everybody watching is going to know everybody listening should i say is going to know that you are getting the best of the best in their field so keep watching keep sharing keep playing and remember if you are looking for a powerful transformation to live your legacy life I am just a click away. So go ahead and click in and I look forward to seeing you on the next program. See you soon.